0: We had a pretty exciting day yesterday. My grandparents-in-law, is that how you say that? My grandparents-in-law celebrated their 60th wedding anniversary yesterday. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, they're, they're, they've been married 60 years, so they're, little, they're a little up there in age, right? And they have friends who are a little up there in age, And one of those friends, I remember when I was a kid, um, you know, 25 years ago or whatever, that Brother Rose was really old, (laughs) right? Heather, Missy, yeah, I remember. Brother Rose, he had always been old. And I saw him yesterday, 25 years later, still old, (laughs) right? Well, let me tell you about Brother Rose. Brother Rose always had a joke, right? Brother Rose always had a poem. And sometimes the poems and jokes were inappropriate. (laughs) Like yesterday, he told me a joke that I'm not going to tell today. And then he said, Brad, you might not want to tell that one at church. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I'll try not to tell that one at church. But I do want to tell you a story he told me. He said that... He said that he was golfing one day. And if you know Brother Rose, Brother Rose has always loved to golf. And so he said he went out and he would go golfing by himself. He didn't even need people to golf with. And one day he was out there and he said, usually when you go golfing by yourself, somebody else who's golfing by themselves will come to you and say, hey, do you want to split a cart or do you want to you know, walk together? And, and that way you at least have a partner to go with. And so Brother Rose said this gentleman came up to him and he said, uh, hey, um, if you're alone, do you mind if I walk with you today? And he's like, sure, no problem, we can go. So he said, "They, you know, got to the first hole, and they're golfing, and they keep, you know, moving along, second hole, third hole. And he says, great guy, you know, really getting along. And He said, he got to about the ninth hole, and right on the ninth hole, the road runs right beside the ninth hole. And so he got to the ninth hole, and he's standing there, and he's getting ready to take a swing, and he notices these flashing lights, and there's a funeral procession coming. And so as that funeral procession starts to get close and really becomes visible, he says the guy that he's playing with stops right where he's at mid-swing, takes his hat off and holds it over his heart, and just stands there real calm. And <clears throat> Brother Rose said he's watching the guy, and he's thinking, well, that's kind of odd, but okay, I'll stand here with him. And so he said that sure enough, about halfway through this procession, it, this tear comes down the guy's face. And so Brother Rose goes, man, I'm really getting moved at this point. So he says, turns to the guy, and he goes, listen, I've never heard of anyone pausing and stopping in such great reverence that you have at this funeral procession. He said, the guy looked right at him, and he said, well, listen, she was my wife for 40 years, and she was great. (laughs) Kara didn't get it. She's searching. Or it just wasn't funny. Oh. one more. This is brother. I'll tell you, he had like four or five together. And here was, his, here, was his, here was his next one. And it was just three guys go to a river. First guy goes up to the river, says, I got to get across that river. How are we going to get across the river? The other two guys goes, I, I have no idea. Let's just pray about it. So the first guy goes, okay, I'll pray about it. So he says, God. Give me the strength to get across this river. And so God gives him, boom, big muscles, chest muscles, arm muscles, everything. He dives in the water, gets across the river. Well, what happens is the rapids are so rough that even though he's strong and mighty and everything, he almost drowns like three times. But he gets to the other side, pulls himself over. The second guy says, listen, God, you gave that guy muscles, but he still almost drowned three times. So why don't you make it, you know, give me an even greater strength that can get me across the river and I won't drown. So boom, these big gills pop out of his neck, and all these muscles, just like the first guy, he jumps into the water, gets across, comes out of the water. third guy goes, all right, God, listen, I do not want big gills on the side of my neck, so whatever you do, just make it so that I can get across the river, and I can do it safer, faster, and and much better than those first two guys, and God makes him a woman, Right? He, now she, pulls the map out of his pocket, walks five feet up to the bridge, and just walks over it. Hey, that was Brother Rose. That wasn't me. It was Brother Rose. The last joke he told me had to do with three old women, three old men, and them getting naked, so I'm not going to go on that one. I'm not going to go on that You can talk to Brother Rose. <clears throat> James chapter 3, James chapter 5, speaking of prayer, that's what we're going to talk about today. (laughs) Look how that worked out. (laughs) James chapter 5, we're going to be in verses 13 through 16. So if you have your Bibles or your phones or iPads or whatever, James chapter 5, what is your prayer life like and why is a prayer life important? As disciples of Jesus Christ, and that is what we are, why should prayer be significant in our lives? And to a lot of us, prayer is a lot of different things. For some of us, prayer is pretty easy. For some of us, prayer doesn't take much effort. And in a lot of our life, we can sit down and know exactly when we need to pray. We've got times put out. Uh, We know exactly what we're going to say. We've got paragraphs memorized in our minds. We know exactly what to do when it comes to pray because our prayer life is pretty easy. For some of us, our prayer life is pretty difficult. It's not an easy thing to do. It, it, It doesn't come to us as simple as it comes to a lot of other people. And truthfully, there's a lot of us who just don't know how. For some of us, our prayer life is pretty significant. We can't think about getting through our daily life if we can't speak to God in the midst of our daily life, right? It's pretty significant. It's important to us. But for some of us, our prayer life is pretty non-existent. It doesn't really hold a lot of value, right? We can get through life every day. And at the end of the day, for a lot of us, we go, oh, I even forgot to pray before I went to sleep last night, right? It's just it's not very significant for us. For some of us, our prayer lives get pretty long winded. Right? Brother Fry. You guys remember Brother Fry? Brother Fry was a timer prayer. A timer prayer. A timer prayer. (laughs) That's hard to say. Everybody say that with me. Timer prayer. Whatever. You know what I'm saying. What would happen is my dad would say, Brother Fry, why don't you leave us in prayer? And everybody would start going like this. Tink, tink, ta-tink. You'd hear them all over the church. Because he'd go, our heavenly father. And I'm not exaggerating. Twelve minutes later, he'd be be going strong. Right? And at this point, you're thinking to yourself, I don't think my dad's even going to get to preach. And that might be why he would call on brother. I just thought of that. (laughs) For... For a lot of us, though, our prayer lives are pretty short and sweet, right? My son, Jaden, is a perfect example of this. My son, Jaden, prays over most of our meals. Usually we say, who's going to pray? And Jay just cuts right into it because Jaden likes food. <laughs> and anything that's going to stop the fork from reaching his mouth for any period of time, even to the fact my son, my, my wife, will be, like, getting us napkins or something, and my son will be staring at his plate. And I have to sit there and go... Don't eat it yet. Don't eat it yet. Wait for your mom. So what he does is we say, who's going to pray over the meal? And my son, every meal says this. Dear God, thank you for this food. Amen. Let's eat. (laughs) Doesn't he? Every meal. For a lot of us, our prayer life is short and sweet. But if we really start to study scripture and as disciples of Jesus Christ, if we really look at how Jesus prayed, what we find out is, Jesus prayed when he was alone, and Jesus prayed when he was in public. Well, that's another scary one for us, right? I can pray by myself, but where two or three or more are gathered, thou shalt not pray out loud, right? (laughs) uh, Jesus prayed before meals. Jesus prayed in Scripture before important decisions. Jesus prayed before healings. Jesus prayed after healings. Jesus prayed a prayer that a lot of us pray, probably one of our uh, most important prayers that a lot of us pray, right? And it's just, God, what do you want me to do? Jesus prayed about the will of the Father and doing the will of the Father. You know, he's a great example of why prayer should be important to a disciple of Jesus Christ. You with me? James, one of his disciples, wrote this beautiful transcript, and he put it in. Well, he didn't put it in, but they put it in the New Testament for us to read. And in chapter 5, he gives us this beautiful explanation of what our prayer life should look like. And it starts like this, verse 13. Are you hurting? Do what? We're going to get started off quick. How, how many of you have hurt? I call it the four F's. This is where I think most of our hurt comes from. It's the four F's of hurt. This is what they look like. Family, friendship, finances, and faith. Those are my four F's, right? Most of my hurt in my life is going to come from my family. It's going to come from my friends. It's going to come from my finances, or it's going to come from my faith issues. You follow me? And so what happens is there's going to be a fifth. And I call that a pivotal circumstance, right? There's going to be times in our lives where something comes out of nowhere and just kind of shakes you. Uh, for my family this week, it was my great aunt died this, this, on Friday night. And that that shook us. Now, my great-aunt has been sick for a long time, right? Most of you have known Dorothy. She's my wife's great-aunt, not just mine. She's actually my wife's great so she's my Um, great-aunt-in-law. But Dorothy, her entire life was deaf and practically mute, her entire life. She called my son Jordan, Joey, his entire life, up until Friday night. Because that's how she understood it, right? And so there was these intricacies like that that I loved about her. That even if she got my son's name wrong, she wanted to know his name. Does that make sense? She tried to know that. So when she passed while it was a relief from a standpoint of now I know that my great aunt can hear and my great aunt can speak. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine your body waiting Until the first thing you heard was the voice of God. Could you imagine the first sound you get to hear? That's what my wife said when we found out. My wife said, Aunt Dorothy's first noise was praise. Could you imagine? Now, we will never get to experience that, most of us. But to be able to be in a pivotal circumstance like that and to be able to stand firm can only happen if you're solid in a prayer life. To get through the pain that it comes from family and finances and friendships and everything else. When friends turn their back on you and talk about you and family decides that this week they're not going to love you. And all that kind of stuff happens. You're able to stand firm. If you have a pivotal, if you understand what James says here, where he says very simply and very beautifully, Are you in pain? Then pray. Look at the next part. Do you feel great? Then sing. Do you know what else this word really means translated? Worship. Worship. Now, all of us sing in different ways. Some of us like our singing a little bit like this first song. There it is. Now... Canon, You can move a little cannon. bit if you want to. Time hey, time. Here's the truth. I love, I love rap. D time. Right? Like right now, I just straight out want to bust a move. You M don't time. even know. You don't even know. Yeah. Go ahead and cut that one. A lot of us like our, uh, If you go to the next slide there, Sam. A lot of us like our singing to be quick. And truthfully, you know what the best part about rap music is? You forget it. Right? You forget it. And so a lot of us our, our singing or our worship is pretty quick and forgetful, right? But but some of us, go ahead to the next one, Sam. Some of us like it a, a little bit like this. You... We get time for racism. Anybody know who that is? We get time for racism. That is racism. me. Thank you, John. <laughs> Nobody knows who this is. Stevie Wonder, thank you, Simon. Let me tell you about racism. Stevie Wonder. You know how dogs, and when you scratch their ears, are like, time to love? That's kind of how Stevie Wonder is for my wife. We make time to debate religion. Some of you, she's Passing not here today, so I can say that. Like some of you, <laughs> I thought she'd be so mad right now. <clears throat> some, some of you, your worship is slow and smooth, right? You know exactly what to say. You know exactly how to sing. And you know and you've learned that in our church services, there's a reason that the song right before the sermon slows down. It gets you in the mood to hear a half-hour lecture on why you're bad. (laughs) Right? Now, here's the next one. I did this one for Jake and Greg. Now, if you know Jake and Greg, you're just going to have to hold on to your seat here. Don't forget Joey. Joey? Joey? What? Oh, Jordan. I'm like, Joey, what are you talking about? Yeah, this actually came out of Jordan's library. That's the only reason we even have it. Here it is. You ready? Wait, we haven't even gotten to the good part yet. Here it comes. All right. Mother, may I? Mother, may I? May I, mother? Mother? Miss May I, Mother May I? I don't even know. <laughs> but here's the truth: a lot of us, when we go to God in our time of worship, that is that—that's from the devil. But it's Jesus music. I don't get it. <laughs> right? Here we go. Here's the next one. Uh oh. Somebody tell me who this is. This is one of my favorites. This came out of my library. There, stars shining there it above is. You. Let me tell you about Louie. If you are night, ever having a bad day. To whisper, I love you. Ever. But all you gotta hear is that first. Ah, yeah. It goes away. Like I right now. Oh, yes. You are Say nighty night <laughs> and kiss me. You're you're like in a Let's All right. Now, this is my wife and me. Let me tell you something. When we want to have church, outside of church, we listen to praise music. And not white people praise music, because we're not good at it. We are not good at it. Here we go. Right? There it is. I'm going put your hands together. Oh. And then, truthfully... Now, my family is Pentecostal. So we even do this. We're like. Right? Praise and you can switch these God. if you're really good. You'd be like. Right? Now, this next one, you can go ahead and start it. This next Pray one. The Lord, Jesus, the name of the Lord. I don't know if you've seen this or not. Amen. But some of y'all are just amazing bad at worship. The sound. You're just bad at worship. So I wanted to share. I wanted to share my uh, my brother with you. Amazing grace. Come on, you can't get amazing grace. Oh, amazing grace. I want people to sing with me too. Oh, amazing grace. Sweet oh, no, no, no. Here's where it goes bad. Listen, there was a time when my, my best friend Greg and my best friend Paul got up to sing. And you get so much pressure on you, you forget the words. And this is what happens. What you don't know is, that goes on the whole song. And let me tell you, sometimes, sometimes it's your turn to worship, and you don't have a thing to say, except for, uh, uh, right? But, here's the truth of it. Do you feel great in the midst of worship? yes. Because what were you created to do? Worship. You were created to give glory to God. And so what James says here is really a pretty simple truth. And that's this. When you're feeling bad, pray. But when you're feeling great, pray. Right? Here's the next one. Are you sick? Call the church leaders together to pray and anoint you with oil in the name of the Master. Believing prayer, in the NIV or in the New American Standard, it says faith-filled prayer. Believing prayer will heal you and Jesus will put you on your feet. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Right? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? <clears throat> there's a there's a story of a elephant in India and the doctors believed the veterinarians believed that the elephant was sick to its stomach and so it walked I just burped. That's my bad. It walked up and ate a hundred pounds of rice, right? Because it had an upset stomach. Now what happened was the veterinarians believe that he ate so much rice to take care of the upset stomach that guess what happened from the rice? He got an, even worse, upset stomach. And so they followed the elephant as it walked to the river and drank a 100 gallons of water. Now, do you know what happens to rice when you put water on it? Guess what happened to the elephant? It blew up and died. Now, here's what happens to us. Hey, I don't make that up. Here, here's what happens to us. I know some of you right now are like, he just made that up. <laughs> Google it. It's there. I am. See, I'm telling you. <clears throat> for some of us, we get, we get ill, and I mean physically ill. I'm not talking about ill in the spirit. Not, I'm talking about you're sick. You don't feel good. And that sickness begins to compound on itself. And before you know it, you've been really sick for a long time. And what James is saying is for those of you who get really sick and you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, then guess what you need to do? You need to get prayed over, right? Now James doesn't say like he did the first two things, just pray. You with me? James now gives instructions to you and says this. You need to be prayed over. You need to be anointed And you need to have the leaders in your church come here and pray on you. You with me? Because it takes more than the prayers of a single person to really move in your life. Which is why we always tell you. Walk your Christian faith with somebody. Don't do it by yourself. If you do it by yourself, you're going to stumble and fall. You want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and get through the tough, hard, deep, dark moments of your life and really break through to the possibilities that Christ has in store for you? Then you got to get on a team, right? you got to get on a team because you're going to need people to pray for you. There is a 96-year-old that I ran into yesterday. Her name is Louise Hatton. She's the most precious woman in the world and I was kneeling in front of her for just a few seconds yesterday and my mother was actually speaking to her and telling her Louise I love you I don't know if you know that I love you I don't know if I've ever told you that I love you but I love you and I remember Louise holding my mother's hand and she put her hand on my shoulder and she said this she said I'm 96 years old and I don't have a lot that I can do in life but I do pray And I pray. And she looked right at me and she said, Brad, I want you to know that every day I pray for you. Oh, my gosh. There are times in my life where I am abundantly blessed. And I hear God call. And I I can see what God wants us to do, right? Those are really just crazy intense moments. And let me tell you where those moments come from. You think they come from me praying? No, no. They come from Louise praying. You know why? God loves Louise more than me. Look, you're saying, no, Brad, the Bible doesn't say that. I know Louise, and I know me. It's got to be true. No, there ain't no way. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, pray. Here's what I would like us to do today. Coming. Krista, would you come up? Jake, I'd like you to come up with her. If you guys would come up and just have a seat right here. I want to I want us to follow scripture this morning. Here's what I would like us to do. We have two leadership teams here at One Love Church. We have an advisory team and we have a ministry. It's our our ministry directors. We call it our ministry team. And so what I would like to happen right now is if our advisory team, which is Karen Hall and Gus Stefano and Greg Lyons and Janelle Hoosier. If you guys could come up here, Janelle, if you come up, you can bring Jackson. That's okay. And then if our ministry directors would come up as well, I know I'm going to forget, but we got Sam and we got Emily and we got Holly and we got Zach and we got Josh and we got Aaron and we got. Who am I missing? Did I get them all? All right. here's what I would like you guys to do. (coughs) Now, I'm going to run to the back real quick. But here's... Y'all don't get off the hook because here's the truth. This team is only able to reach its potential if all of you are praying for them. You follow me? Because it's your prayers that reach the heart of God, and will begin to instruct and bless and push this team. So here's what I would like you to do. If you feel comfortable this morning in doing it, I would like you to come up and to surround this team as well as surrounding Krista as well. So if you would like to come up and do that as well. Church family, this is what it's all about, right? In scripture, James says that if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, which I know you are. Then what we have to do is gather together as leaders in the church. And I don't care what title you have or what that means for you. You're all leaders in the church. You're leaders in this church. Then what we're going to do is we're going to anoint Krista in the name of our father, his son. Don't wipe that off. That's Jesus juice. (laughs) Take that one home. And then we're going to pray. But here's what, here's what I want you to understand. That my prayer is not your prayer. I, you can agree with me, but I want you to pray. I want you individually to pray for Krista as I pray for Krista. And it's our prayer collectively that God's going to hear. And not just a prayer, not just words, but Scripture tells us belief-filled words. Faith-filled words. Words that I know that my God can heal Krista, I know that my God can take her pain away. I know that this disease that they're afraid that she may have, God can heal in her. God can just take that away. I believe that, and I know you believe that, and that is the prayer I want you to hold on to as we pray for Krista. You ready to go? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for my friend. I thank you for Krista. And I pray, God, that this pain that she's in, that this sickness that she's feeling, that, Father, this... Crohn's disease, Lord, that uh, the doctors are fearing that, Father, we pray that you remove that. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father, we pray that you remove that, that, God, you would just heal her body. And, Father, we believe that you can. We know that you can. We've seen you do it. And so, God, we call upon you to heal our sister, to heal our friend, Father, to just renew her and her strength. God, we praise you, we worship you for not just what you've done, but God, what you're going to do in her life. And we thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Now you get to hug her. <laughs> All right, here's the next part. If you have sinned, you'll be forgiven, given, given healed inside and out if you've sinned you'll be forgiven healed inside and out i don't know if you have ever sinned in your life but i have sinned once or twice and let me tell you what happens you begin to avoid god right you begin to avoid god and and instead of you embracing that you've sinned and moving forward what you do is you avoid god i remember when i was a kid my sister had this desk that was handed down from our grandmother And I crawled up underneath that desk because I was jealous that she had it. And I wrote my name with permanent marker real big on the bottom of that desk, right? It's still on there. Yeah. I had to buy her just a few years ago. I bought her a new desk like that because I still felt bad all those years later that I had done that to her desk. So anyway, I wanted to let you know that I somewhat corrected it. But anyway, (laughs) here's what happened. Here's what happened. My sister found it. Now, I don't know if you know anything about my sister, but she has a wrath, and you don't want to be in it, right? Especially when we were kids. There are parts of my body that will never grow hair again because she just yanked me from one room to the other, right? Now, here's what happens. But y'all are getting, yeah, my mustache, that's where it came from. She just yanked but here's what happened. When, when I knew that she found out, I avoided her. I ran from her. I didn't want to be in the same room. I didn't want to be in the same house. I didn't want to be in the same city if I could have got out of the city because I knew that there was a wrath coming. You follow me? Here's what happens when we are sinful and know that it's our time to confess to God. What do we do? We run from it. And truthfully, we cower. And instead of really presenting what that sin was, what we tell God is, God, please forgive me of my sins. And then we go, oh, now he's got to now he's got to. And so we run from it. We avoid what it is that we truthfully have done. And we're never forthright. We're never truly forthcoming to what we have done and how we have sinned. The next thing, verse 16. Make this your common practice. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. What do we talk about this church a lot? Wholeness and being healed, right? The importance of being healthy in your faith. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful and to be reckoned with. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful and to be reckoned with. What's it mean to live right with God? What's scripture really telling us here? Does it mean that you're going to be sinless No, what it means is you're going to be fully dependent on God. And you have an understanding that it's not man who's going to supply for you, but it's God who's going to supply for you. And I know that when I go to God in prayer... It's not because I'm seeking something from him, but it's because of who he is, and I know that I don't have to go to him with a shopping list of the new car that I want and the new house that I want and the lottery ticket that I hope wins, but I understand that what God is really trying to find in our hearts and in our lives is that deepest, darkest moment where you're just, you're almost breaching the point of what the potential is that God has laid out for you, and you're... You're lost a little, right? That's where God wants to find you. What is it that I can provide for you that man can't? What is it that I can give to you that I haven't already equipped you to have, but you're just too lazy to go get it? What is it that you really desire from me and ask me for it? And God tells us, you get to that point, my prayers used to be, God, uh, I love you. I'm sorry for my sins. Oh, wait, no, time... God, thank you for this day. I'm sorry for my sins. I love you. Um, Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Uh, Did I say I love you? Amen. Right? Because truthfully, all I really wanted from God was to not go to hell and to get all the gifts that I want. That's really all I wanted. Because I didn't really understand what a full dependence was on God. But now let me tell you what I've learned. It's called the Axe Prayer Method. And this is what I want to give you today. If you have a piece of paper and a pen, get it out and write this down. I want you to take this home with you today. This is your, this is your life application moment. You should have a piece of paper. you got a bulletin. You can just write it on there somewhere. But get your pen. And here it is. It's pretty simple. I learned this in college. I had a professor that taught this to me, and it completely changed the way I prayed because I no longer had to think about what to say because here's a simple plan that will get you going. If you do not pray, if it is not a common practice for you in your discipleship of Jesus Christ, then begin today. Use this, and you'll be able to model exactly how Christ taught us to pray even in the Lord's Prayer. This follows even that, and it follows what we said today. Here's the first thing. Do you remember when I said, if you're happy, singing? The first part is adoration. That's the A, adoration. And it's simply this, worship. When you start your prayer, you should be on your face worshiping. My God, you are my God. You are the God. You are the only God. And I can't wait to sing your praises. And what are those praises? Oh my gosh, how you protect me, how you hold me, how you allow me to be me. How you give me a choice. How I'm not forced to worship you, but yet you wait on me to worship you. I thank you, God, for creating me. You see where I'm at? You're adoring. You're praising. You're worshiping. Here's the second part. The second part, confession. Oh, God, how great you are in adoration. Oh, yeah, I got to remember me in confession. And here's where I'm going to get to with confession. Be literal. Do you know it would have been really easy for me to go to my sister and go, yeah, you know what? Somebody did write on that desk. You know? And, and whatever else, Holly, whatever else I've done to you bad in your life, just go ahead and forgive all those two. Right? And every day, Holly, you know, those days that, that I've lied to you. And, uh, you know, today I, I probably didn't call you like I should have or I didn't tell you that I love you. Just, just forgive that. Right, just, just forgive that too. Because here's what happens. If you don't have to be real and literal, then you're not going to change a behavior. You follow me? But if you have to speak to God and say, God, today I got on the internet and I went to this website and I looked at porn for this long. And I knew the entire time that I was doing it that it was wrong. I knew God that it was wrong. And I need you to correct that. And Father, I'm going to change those things about me in my life that are different. You follow me? If you can be literal, God's gonna to begin to change things in you. Finally, the T, thanksgiving. Be thankful for what God's given you. Be thankful for what you've received. And the S, supplication. What is supplication? And for me, right? Praying for your prayer requests, but even more important than that, praying for me. I'm allowed to go to God and say, God, I, this is what I need. But let me tell you what changed in my life when I started praying this way. When you have to begin with worshiping God and then go to confession and then go to thanksgiving. God, this is where I've messed up, but here's where you've provided for me. Then here's how your prayers go. You quit worrying about all those little tiny things that you think are so important and such big things in your life. And your prayer requests get real. You follow me? Because now I don't just pray that my kid is happy. Now I pray. Here's my prayer now. I'm going to tell you my prayer for my kids. I pray every single night. It's this. Ooh, I'm going to pray. I'm going to cry. I'm not going to cry. Here it is. I pray this. I say, God, my kids are just like me. I'm sorry. (laughs) Right? But God, here's what I know. I know that when I was in school, I got asked to do things. Guys, I pray this every night. I'm not even lying to you. Thankfully, as your pastor. I say, God, listen. I know that when I was in school, I got pressured and I got decisions made. And I made all those decisions according to what I needed in my life. And the fact that I just wanted to be loved by my friends so desperately that I did stupid stuff. So, God, here's what I pray. God, I pray that in the midst of that moment in my kids, that when they're forced to make that decision, God, I just pray. That you invade them. Right? Whoo! Here it comes. I pray, God, that you just invade them. That you get into their mind and into their heart. And that, God, all they can hear is you in those moments. That's what I pray for. And, God, my wife, oh, God. I do a horrible job of telling her I love her. Horrible. Could you imagine living with me? Right. I don't say that part to God. But really, could you imagine living with me? And so this is what I pray. I pray, God, every night I pray this. God, let her know that I love her. It's hard telling y'all my prayer. This is my prayer, right? But this is what I pray. And then I say this. And God, thank you for my church. And thank you for my family. It's a good one. And I love it. And then I say this. God, give me more. I do. Every night I say, God, give to me abundantly. Give to me. I'm ready. I can take it. I want to be blessed. So bless me. And guess what happens on a daily basis? I get blessed. It may not be a money. Y'all, I'm a pastor. You know what you pay me. It ain't that much. <laughs> right? But here's the truth I am blessed. I would, there's nothing else I'd rather do in life than be your pastor. Nothing. My, my family has a home, and, and we have a Ford Explorer that's really cool. And I've always wanted a Volkswagen, and I have one of those. And I have a house that has three bedrooms. It's small, and we can't have a lot of people over. But you know what? It's warm, and it's cool in the summertime, and we get food, and, 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 and we're blessed. We are blessed. We are blessed. But I believe I'm blessed and my family's blessed and my kids are blessed. Even when we all make stupid decisions and do dumb things, I believe that we're blessed because I believe that we have made God an integral part of our discipleship. And I have to speak to him daily. I have appointments with him. And you can't have those appointments. You can't have that time because that's my time with God. And if you don't have that, then I pray you get it. Use this Acts prayer system and get it. Begin to pray to God. I don't care what your voice sounds like. I don't care what song you sound like. Just be a song. You follow me? Begin the discipleship moment. That's your homework today. Pray. It's not that hard. Will you stand with me? Listen, we're not even, Josh, don't even worry about it. We're just going to close because we got pizza and all that stuff. And I can smell it and it smells really good. So here's what I would like you to do. <clears throat> when you get home this week, find your prayer. Find your prayer. Use the act prayer method. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Don't be afraid to ask for what you know God is going to give you. And don't be afraid to ask for it abundantly. Don't be afraid to pray for people like Krista and be able to say, God, I believe that you can heal her. Continue to pray for her. Listen, we don't all get healed. We don't all get that healing. There's a beautiful story when Jesus heals a man, tells him to pick up his mat and follow him. You remember that beautiful story? You know part of that story that really sucks is that Jesus walked over people who were sick and crippled to get to that guy. And he healed that guy and he said, pick up your mat and let's gloat in front of everybody. Let's go. Right? And that guy picked up that mat because he was the one. And you want to know what's even worse about that? Jesus says, do you want to be healed? Dude's been crippled for 40 years. What do you think? But here's the point. God says this, and Jesus was saying this in that beautiful story, and it's this. People get healed, but not everybody. And Christian faith isn't fair. It's just not fair. And sometimes you get healed, and sometimes you don't. And I don't know if Chris is going to get healed, but I believe in my heart, and I know that God can. I know that God can. And I pray that she's chosen. You with me? So pray for the people that are around you. And finally, don't be afraid to thank God and to just worship God. In your prayer time, it may be all you pray, but worship and thank you. Let's pray. Father God, oh thank you for this place. Thank you for who you are. Thankful. Thank you for how you love us and forgive us and show us mercy and kindness that we don't deserve. Father, thank you for the example that you are. And God, I pray, Father, I pray for our our church. I pray, Father, that in this moment that you would just continue to bless us. And that, God, as we move forward in our faith, Father, I pray a prayer of confession to you that we don't do it right. And, God, we get it wrong a lot. And, Father, we don't pray like we should or as much as we should. But, God, put into us a spirit, Father, of of wanting to be who you have called us to be. And, God, I pray that as a church we can find that together. Father, I love you. I pray over our youth, God, and this dinner that they prepared for us and the fun we're about to have. And, God, I just pray for all of us. Father, That couldn't be here today, Lord, just so many of us that are homesick. God, I just pray for them as well. Father, we love you. We worship you. We praise you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray.